Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, Max Crosby is not only the star that the NFL is watching, but they're also listening to him. Well, what do I mean by that? We'll talk about that plus a whole lot more coming up on Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for June 13th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You ought to win as a Raider. Just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Hey, welcome in, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. And, of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, we appreciate you, and we appreciate my tag team partner. That's my man, Ari. You can check him out on Twitter, at Ari Produces. Does a great job each and every day making sure we're on YouTube, we're looking good, we're sounding good, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. That's because Ari does a great job. Again, you can check him out on Twitter, at Ari Produces. If you ever want to hit me up on Twitter, uh, comment on the show, or get a comment into the show, at your boy Q254, and of course the Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line, always wide open like some old school TV antennas at 707-654-4693. Your calls and texts, as a matter of fact, will come up in segment number three. Segment number two, Von Miller hosted his Pass Rush Summit, the seventh annual. We'll actually hear from Von Miller why he does it, what it means to him, what it's going to look like and sound like in 2024, and how Max Crosby is going to play a major role. That all come up in segment number two of the show and here in segment number one like to hit you with the news and notes whatever I was able to come across uh, for the day and we'll go ahead and do that after I tell you that the show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook the official sportsbook of the NFL I'll tell you a lot more about them following segment number one but here in segment number one like I said news and notes of the day and just want to let you know the Raiders were back at practice on Monday at the Intermountain Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center for Raiders OTAs the 12th through the 15th is when it's going on and on Monday there was no media availability so that's why you didn't hear any kind of reports or see any tweets about practice you didn't see any pictures or videos from practice it wasn't open and it's really not open today as far as practice goes but it is open as far as the assistant coaches go all the assistant coaches will speak to the media starting at 10 a.m. and then at 10 30. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to be there have a few meetings at the radio station that I'm trying to move around but it's not guaranteed that I'm going to be able to do that again it wasn't uh, at first uh, even expected to be media availability today it was not supposed to be till the 15th but I do believe they're going to cancel the OTAs on the 15th so we won't be out there so they're trying to do it today where they have all the assistant coaches talk with the media so Around 10 o'clock in the morning Pacific time, Scott Turner, passing game coordinator, is going to speak. Then Edgar Bennett, the wide receivers coach. Carmen Basillo, offensive line coach. Bo Hardegree, the quarterbacks coach. Kennedy Palomalo, the running back coach. And then the tight ends coach, Jerry Schlopinski. And I always get his name wrong, but uh, or say it wrong, but he'll be speaking as well. Then at 1030, he'll be the defensive assistant coaches. Chris Ash, defensive backs coach. Rob Leonard, defensive line coach. He's going to be a good listen, right? He's a guy that um, I'm pretty uh, interested in as he's the new defensive that's a line coach taking over for Frank Ocam, who got fired after the 2022 season. Rob Leonard brings a lot to the table. A lot of people are excited about him. And you know that he's got Max Crosby to work with. You know he's got Chandler Jones to work with. He's got Tyree Wilson to work with. Byron Young he's got to work with. There's a lot of guys in that room, that defensive line room, defensive tackles and edge rushers, he's got to work with. I'm excited to hear and see how that develops. So Rob Leonard will speak. Antonio Pierce, the linebackers coach, think that that'll be a good listen. And then Jason Simmons, defensive back and pass game coordinator will also speak. So 10 a.m. and 10.30 is basically when all the assistant coaches will speak to the media. If I don't get there in person and there's some really good stuff come out of it, I'll definitely bring it to the table on tomorrow's show. Uh, I also want you to hear
here from Max Crosby. Multiple sound bites from Max Crosby. One, I mentioned the Von Miller Pass Rush Summit, the seventh annual one, and we'll hear from Vaughn coming up in segment number two. But uh, Max Crosby was out there. Matthew Butler was out there. Adam Butler was out there. And Adam Plant all representing the Raiders. Other guys like Micah Parsons, Cam Jordan, Nolan Smith, Bobby Wagner, plenty others were out there as well. And it's a it's one of those opportunities where guys get to teach the young dudes. Like I mentioned, Nolan Smith was asking a bunch of questions to Von Miller. Well, all these guys were really kind of picking each other's brain on the technique of the pass rush. And it was really great to see Max Crosby teaching other guys. I mean, you realize where Max Crosby came from, where he started as a fourth-round pick who's just trying to scratch his, the surface and get into the league and make the roster, right? I mean, he was concerned about making the 53-man roster. Now he's an absolute star that not only is he a pleasure to watch, you know what he's going to bring each and every game, but now he's teaching the game to other pass rushers across the league. So here's just a few seconds of Max Crosby just kind of talking about technique, kind of spitting game about his mentality and his teaching technique to others at Von Miller's camp on Saturday. Got a guy that like setting up like a game plan, like having a plan for him. If you got a guy that struggles, you know, or if he's stopping your outside rush you're like, quick, you know, I'll be like, all right, fuck it. no matter what, I'm gonna take the inside. I'm gonna just tell the D tackle be like, cover me, and I'm gonna just take it to make him respect that inside move. And then the next time I do it, it's gonna look exactly the same, but I can turn it to an outside stance. I can turn it into he thinks I'm going in and power, and just about communicating and really being on the same page and setting him up because one. An old lineman, it's all about confidence, but one time, if they get murdered one time, they're going to be like, oh, now i got to worry about this. And they're hesitant. They're already a step behind. So if you start that early in the game, like, I'm really, I'm trying to come out the gate, like, flying, because if I get him early, he's going to be all so I thought that was pretty cool just to hear Max Crosby, just kind of his mindset, how he goes into the game, what he's trying to do to offensive linemen, how he says he tries to get in their head early in the game. If you get in their head early in the game, they're cooked. They'll be thinking about it and they'll be done. And he just, you know, that's the approach he takes. And again, it's great to hear Max Crosby being the guy that's doing the teaching. Well, how about there's more than that, right? I mean, that was just a little bit less than a minute of Max Crosby talking. On Monday, Max was a guest on NFL Network's Total Access with Brian Baldinger. And, you know, Brian Baldinger is a big fan of Max Crosby. He's been calling him the Condor forever. And it's funny, in this little uh, soundbite that I have from Brian and uh, Max Crosby's uh, interaction, their conversation that they had on Monday on NFL Network, he actually explains how that nickname, the Condor, came about. I thought that was pretty cool, and it actually goes back to Max Crosby's fourth game in the league his rookie year. So here's Brian Baldinger and Max Crosby, just a couple minutes of their conversation from NFL Total Access on Monday. So let's go to the video, Max. Let's enough talk. Like, I knew you're not about talk. You're about playing. So this is your fourth game, Max, your rookie year. Tell me about the play, what you see. This is the first time I recognized you. Yes, sir. Right here, they have a screen. Uh, this is my first game getting real action and I gotta get to the ball. And the only way you stand out is if you take the ball away from the offense. So this is a big game on the road. My first like real big play in the NFL. So my immediate reaction is just hold the arms out and be like, yeah, I'm here now. So I was, I was hyped up well, for sure. Max, I saw you come out of the pile and your arms were swinging. And I said, that man looks like a condor out there. He's a predator. And that name has stuck, Max. I mean, I, I'm proud of it. I know you like it. But let's watch the Condor in some other action here. Let's go to Kansas City here for this play right here because you you got to get after Mahomes. you got to change the game. But you see Jet McKinnon in this position right here. And I have a feeling you know the chip is coming. What do you see? Yes, sir. 100%. This is the first drive of the game. We're playing Kansas City, Monday Night Football. It's third down. i got to get home. So I see the chip coming. 
I sell my rush like it's a normal, you know, speed or power. I, I try to all make it look the same. And I, on the and literally at the last second, I'm spinning off that that chip and getting home and uh, making a big play for you know the Raiders. So Max, for all young players out there, anybody listening, like you don't prescribe what moves your your moves are based off reactions and what you see once you start. So that spin was late because you saw the chip coming. 100%. You know, I have, you know, I pride myself on having a bunch of tools in my toolbox. I can spin, I can speed the power, I could swipe off the edge. So I try to make my get off and my approach all look the same every single snap. So, yeah, this is just another case. So I thought that was pretty cool, right? Just hearing how Brian Baldinger came up with the Condor name and, you know, how Max Crosby even came up with his little celebration that he does all the time by, you know, having his arms way out there like a Condor. And he's got that big, long wing span, which is the same thing Chandler Jones has, same thing Tyree Wilson has. I'll tell you right now, if all those guys are on the field at the same time, man, it's going to be hard to get through that sea of arms, right? I mean, that's just some long wingspans between those three dudes. So uh, just kind of cool to hear Max Crosby explaining, you know, his technique. Like, he's not the guy that's picking other people's brains even though he's still working and he's still learning but the fact that he's talking technique he's talking game with all these other guys and everyone's paying attention I remember Khalil Mack was getting a lot of love and that's really the last guy that we can go back to because that was the last pass rush star that the Raiders had before Gruden decided to trade him right he never got that second contract with the silver and black I remember people talking about Khalil and giving him love but I don't feel like he ever got as much love as Max Crosby's getting and that's not a, a slight to Khalil it's just the fact that Max is one he's a character right I mean he's just he's that guy that that is just fun to watch we all remember uh, HBO Hard Knocks when he was coming up as a rookie it's just it's been a fun story and a fun journey and of course his sobriety that's been a fun story as well uh, because it's so important and not only to to him but others across the league that you know he's able to do that and, and get clean and you know it means a lot I just I think it's really cool uh, being able to see Max Crosby and him could just continue to shine like people tell me I'm living the dream Max Crosby is definitely living the dream so anytime we get an opportunity to kind of highlight him and uh, talk about him definitely want to do that and Von Miller the host of the 7th Annual Pass Rush Summit that happened on Saturday here in Las Vegas talks about Max Crosby as well as basically being Mr. Las Vegas and how it's no longer going to be the Von Miller Pass Rush Summit. So what is it going to be? Well, you'll hear that and more coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast after I tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which, as I said at the top, is FanDuel. Right now is a perfect time to make a fast break to FanDuel. All new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500, which is up from $1,000. It's up to $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And you can bet on everything. Of course, uh, the NBA Finals, you know about that. Stanley Cup Finals, that can get wrapped up tonight. Major League Baseball, player props. There's all NFL. They even have uh, plenty of uh, you know future bets in the NFL. You can go get it all at FanDuel. Again, no better place to bet on all action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get that no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to take you back to Saturday here in Las Vegas. Uh, Von Miller had his seventh annual pass rush summit, and after being able to sit there and observe and watch and take a few pictures and just kind of be around all these different pass rushers in the league, uh, guys that have been there for a while, like a Cam Jordan, like a Von Miller, even a Max Crosby, to the young guys, like the Nolan Smith just coming into the league trying to learn uh, the technique of the pass rush. It's not just, you know, hike and get after the quarterback and try to get him. There's there's a method to the madness, right? There's a lot of teaching that's going on. Well, Von Miller's been doing this for a while. It's going to look different in 2024, but this was great when he took a few minutes to talk with the media. It was a handful of us. Hopefully you enjoyed this conversation. I'm sure that you will. Von Miller is a great listen and also just why it means so much to him, uh, what it's all about, and, and why he's going to pass it on. So here's Von Miller from Saturday, his uh, seventh annual Pass Rush Summit. This is the seventh annual Pass Rush Summit. Just to be able to walk and talk, blink and learn. Uh, it's not the Von Miller teach clinic. Uh, barely did anything strenuous out here, but just be able to walk and talk and go through pass rush moves and mindset with the guys that I respect around the league is, is huge. I might dip my head You in talked here. about, you know, wanting to make it a little bit broader than yourself, and you have guys like Micah, Max, and Jeffrey Simmons stepping up as leaders. Why did you kind of make that decision to kind of broaden it a little bit more? Um, I, I did it. I didn't do it for seven years, man. And, you know, I realized, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be this Von Miller forever. So while we have, you know, the perfect timing to be able to rebrand it and uh, make it bigger and better with athletes like Max, he's Mr. Vegas. We we have it. We had a password summit here in Vegas. You know, so I want to bring Max on and Cam Jordan. And, you know, Micah, and just to ensure, you know, that this event continues to grow and be bigger and better each and every year. How excited is it when you see the young guys that are just getting into the league out here, soaking it in, asking all those questions? Th- those, those are the guys that, that really made the go. Um, you know, each and every year you have turnover, guys retire, new guys come in. To get guys like Nolan Smith and Micah Parsons, guys hungry to, to be great. And then me and Nolan, we got the same body type. We rush the same. You know, I really enjoy working with Nolan and just giving him some of my perspectives on, on pass rush. When you're working with these young guys, what do you hope to help them see in themselves? I, I really want them to see that. I really want them to really focus on the mental part of this. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's so much uh, being talked about. You know, uh, uh, it, was, it was just mental awareness, uh, mental awareness month. Like, it's real. Like, you want to be at peace. Um, there's so many different things that can throw off your peace from pro football focus to, you know, announcers on TV. You want to be at peace. You want to put in all the work. You want to get yourself to a point where if it go right, cool. If it don't, you know you did everything that you can do to have success. And as soon as I get the young guys to real, realize that, and you know, they can go and take that and make it their own. You know, that's things that I dealt with. Um, you know, going out there, feeling like I should be making plays, feeling like I should be changing the game, and it just doesn't happen. And you feel, you feel like you know, you let your team down and you let yourself down. But to have the perspective on, I'm doing everything that I can possibly do to have success, whether I have it or not. That gives me peace, and that's that's uh, some of the things that I want the young guys to realize early on. How long did it take you to understand that you had to come to peace and, and be comfortable when Damn. you got into the game? Eleven years, yeah. I think. I think going into my last year with the Denver Broncos, like knowing that I did everything in my in my power to to uh, have success, and then you know leave you leave the Denver Broncos and go to the LA Rams, and you're able to have a fresh start and talk to guys about the mental aspect of the game, because what makes the difference between another a, a good team and another good team 
it's, it's the mental aspect of it. So I'm, I'm, as soon as I can get guys to, to really focus on that at, at an early age, especially as rookies and stuff, man, it's, it, it goes a long way. Whenever you said uh, your first ACL rehab is going to help you during your second one, has that turned out to be the case? Yeah, yeah that's because you kind of know what to expect. Uh, you you, you kind of realize the you know the weight of what's going on. You, you're not really thinking about how you know tough it is, and you know you're not really um, you kind of anticipate what's going to happen next. I know I'm supposed to be here at three months, supposed to be here at four months, supposed to be here at six months, and I just focus on where I'm at. I focus on my, my the emotional part of it, the mental part of it, because those are the only things that I can really control. I work as hard as I can, and I'm at peace. You know, whether I'm whether I'm ready to go week one or I'm not, I'm at peace because I'm doing everything that I possibly can. To have success. What's the next step for you? Um, as far as rehab, I think uh, doing more position-specific uh, drills. Um, I'm at a point now where you know the ACL is, is at a place where it's all healed up. Now I need to start working on conditioning. Now I need to work on position-specific drills. Need to start transitioning. Um, back into a football player, not just uh, a guy that's rehab and getting my legs strong. So that is the next step now. Hopefully, that I can do that for the next two months, and I'll be ready on the third month. When you think of the, you've been doing this for seven years. When you think of today's athlete, how have the questions to you and the advice to you, the or the advice from you to the young kids, how has that changed over over the seven years? And maybe even since you got in the league, kind of. Honestly, it doesn't, you know, because you got so much turnover. You got young guys coming in. These young guys get older. The old guys leave, and it's just a, a rotation. So. The, the questions are always the same. You know, the questions are always similar, and um, it's it's kind of cool. You know, everybody's everybody has the same thought process. Everybody wants to have success. Everybody looks at you know the game in a certain way, and to be able to give that information consistently, consistently throughout the years, it's, it's, it's been a blessing. When you see one of your guys, Leonard Floyd, he brings he's a high energy guy. Um, he's gonna lay out for plays. Uh, he's a wrecking ball in there, man. Um, you know, when I heard the possibility of Leonard Floyd coming to the team, I was all on board for it. Played in, in L.A. With, with Leonard, man. I'm super excited to have him there. Him matched up with, with Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham and A.J., man. We have one of the best defensive line rooms in the National Football League. For sure. When you see one of the young guys that are out here today put into play what you know they've learned while here and they're playing against your team, are you torn between cheering for them and no. going, get done it? No, I mean, um... <laughs> No, they're not on the field with me. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm just at peace with with my game and who I am. Um, this is my 13th year in the league. I'm on my third contract. I got two sons. I want two Super Bowls. What do I look like out here holding back secrets? What do I look like? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Getting jealous because the guy get, you know, guy get. What do I look like? You know, I think that's more of a, a personal issue than you know, actually being something real. I, I enjoy when I, when those guys go out there and get sacks. Josh Uche. He, play, he played against the, the uh, Buffalo Bills this year, and he hit our left tackle with a dip and rip. Some of the same things that we talked about right here, and he he tore up Josh Allen. I think it was a forced fumble. Oh, you know, I didn't want him to, you know, tear up Josh Allen, but I was happy for him that his game is starting to elevate. Um, he can he can continue to develop, and he'll put himself in position to, to get one of these super max contracts. He'll be able to feed his family and you know be able to change his life forever. So that's that's what it's all about. Of course, you know, I don't want to you know hurt my guys, but I'm a pass rusher, fraternity of brothers, and I want all these guys to have success. The biggest advice to somebody coming in the NFL or, or relatively new Take advantage of each and every opportunity. Um, and I'm not telling you what I was doing. I'm telling you what somebody should have told me. You know, take advantage of that practice. Uh, take advantage of the OGs in the room. Uh, be, uh, be a sponge. Like, commit everything to your crowd. We are, we are pro football players. Professional football players. This is what we do better than 
anything else. We gotta commit everything to this, you know, and everything else is just a hobby, but we're pros right now. Take advantage of this moment because this, this moment of coming out is like the rest of it. Congratulations. Thank so you. And I, I walked up as you started. What's in your heart every time you decide I'm gonna do this again? Why do you do this? It's just, a, it's just a way for me to give back to the game that has given so much to me. And um, to be able to bring guys on like Max and, 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 and Cam and, and Micah to ensure the, the success of this event and to, to ensure that it lives on. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm humbled and I'm, and I'm blessed to, to be able to reach out to my guys to continue to grow it, man. You know, the tight end university, they do a great job. It's George Kittle and Travis Kelsey and Greg Olsen. And all these guys come together and they call it the tight end U. And, you know, I kind of want to have that, that same type of camaraderie with my colleagues around the league. So we'll rebrand it. Next year will be the first year of something else. I don't know what we're going to name it. I get with Max and I get with Cam and I get with Micah. And we'll come up with some type of cool name to rebrand it. And hopefully it'll be even bigger next year because this is my reach. I got all of these guys here, you know, by myself. So just think if we got four guys and they doing the same thing throughout throughout the league, it, it'll be a, a, a truly beautiful event. Let's talk about this hustling and the rush doesn't work downfield. Is there a play early in your career where there's a lot of plays where I look at I look at myself and like, damn, I should have been sprinting. And I think me really transitioning to become the front office and, the, and the, the player evaluator, those are the type of guys that I want, you know. I wasn't like that. I try to become like that, but those are, those are the guys. Those are the guys that you want to be. And I'm not telling you what I was doing. I'm telling you what you should be doing. Um, I love the way Max Crosby rushes downfield, rushed, rushed, and he turned around. Michael Parsons does the same. There's multiple guys around the league that do that same thing. So um, that's what I, those are the type of guys that I want on my team. And whenever I start building my team and getting ready to go for GM Vaughn, I want those high-energy guys, great locker room guys, just like you know, Max and, and just like Michael Parsons. For sure. how's, how's that been going, the GM Vaughn? You were in Indy learning yeah. you at the Combine. You wanted, I know you want to do that. It's great. And uh, it, it's, it'll get done. It's just a matter of time. Um, I've been on a football team my whole entire life. And, of course, I just won't walk into a GM job. But right. I, I definitely want to be, when it's time for me to walk away from the game, I want to be involved in the front office some way, form, or fashion, and I just continue to work. I've been on a football team my whole entire life. There's no way I could just retire and sit at home with the kids all day. <laughs> <laughs> was, that, was, that, was that front office GM Vaughn? Was that part of getting Leonard Floyd to Buffalo as well? No, that was that was, that was, was all, all them? that was all being, and, you know, they asked me my thoughts, and I yeah. gave it to them. Nice. All the guys that I've been trying to recruit, they, I haven't been able to get them. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, Raider Nation. That was Vaughn Miller from Saturday at his 7th Annual Pass Rush Summit. As you heard, it's not going to be called the Vaughn Miller Pass Rush Summit anymore. Moore is going to change the name. Max Crosby is going to have a lot to do with it. Again, it's great to hear Max getting the recognition. It's also just great to hear those guys, you know, explaining what goes on, what goes through their mind, uh, what they're trying to do as pass rushers as they're trying to, you know, defeat the offensive linemen. It's a lot more than obviously just, you know, hearing, hearing, seeing the ball get snapped and just rushing at the quarterback. There's a method to the madness in what they do. So hopefully you enjoyed that stuff right there. And Mr. Las Vegas, that's Max Crosby, according to one Von Miller. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts. Draft that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. We'll start things off with Brother Marquise in 305, rep Miami one time. He's actually calling to talk about the call we got last week from Raider Eddie in Denver about the heat culture and if the Raiders can create that. Here he is, Brother Marquise in the 305. Raider Nation, it's your brother Marquise. Too. What's going on? What's good? Hope you guys are having a great weekend. Um, 
I'm calling because I want to discuss something that uh, one of the callers says. I can't remember his name. I apologize. They referred to um, comparing the Miami Heat to the um, to our Raiders. And uh, for those, many of you may know that know me, um, the ones who don't, you know, I work for the Heat. I, I, I work pretty intimately with all the players, as, uh, you know, as uh, we work and train as we do player development and things like that, and I've been part of that heat culture, uh, quote unquote heat culture for quite some time. And the reason, a couple things stuck out to me. One, <laughs> as as a Raider fan, it, it, it's uh, it's ridiculous to really compare the two. You're talking about a team that's been in disarray and in dysfunction for the better part of two decades, um, versus a team who's been to the finals six times in the last, I believe, eleven years. So, um, so you're, it's 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 a bit of a stretch. That being said, I will tell you this: um, this this buzzword of heat culture is really going around recently. But you know, when talking culture, he'll be the first one to tell you what heat culture is: is just being tough, patient, and working hard. That's all it is. And what I do like to see is that the Raiders, um, maybe they're trying their, their, their best at developing their own heat culture. Um, because what they're doing is they're, they're allowing these young guys to have an opportunity to develop. How many times have we seen in the past where the, the regime is bringing in, uh, guys at the back end of their career, assigning them to a one, two year deal? And, you know, they're out of here after the first season, you know, and they're not part of the foundation. Well, you you know, I don't know what Devon Diablo is going to be. I don't know what Matt, Matthew Butler, Neil Farrell, and all these guys who maybe not got, a, maybe were unhealthy or didn't get a ton of minutes last year. Um, I don't know what they're going to be, but they're giving them the opportunity to figure it out. I remember years ago sitting there saying when the Raiders did the same thing at the tight end position with Foster, with uh, Darren Waller, and I was like, oh, you need to re-sign Jared Cook. What are you guys doing? And you know what? They made the right decision. So I'm interested to see how it plays out because the thing about Heat culture is they let they develop these guys and they let these guys work hard, get after it, and become, a, become the players they are. Let's see if the Raiders can do the same thing. And maybe we're talking about Raiders culture. Great call, my man. It's good to hear from you. I appreciate you. And a nice breakdown of what heat culture is, especially when it comes to the development of players. That is the biggest key right there, development of players. And that's what this staff's job is to do, is to develop these young players. They have a lot of young guys that they have on this team. They've turned the roster over. Now they have to develop them. And that's why I really root for these guys to succeed as much as I do because – you don't want them to rinse and repeat where, okay, they don't succeed. They fail, so they end up getting fired. So a new staff comes in, and they bring in their guys because they have to have their guys, and then they want to draft new guys and create their own culture, and then rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Like, you don't want to keep doing that. It just does not lead to success, and you'll never get that culture that you're looking for. So, yeah, these guys are in charge, so I'm hoping that they – they succeed. I hope that they're in that position for a long time. Regardless how anyone feels about where they came from, who they are, if they like, whatever, I don't care. I want them to succeed so they have an opportunity to create that culture. And it's all about developing those young guys and, and, and having them have an opportunity to succeed. So only time will tell if they can do it. But man, I hope they can so they can start to create that culture. And if they can, 
good things could come from that. So, Brother Marquise, thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Next up, I got a text from New York Old School Raider. It says, yo, Q, New York Old School Raider again. The NFL has an issue with the running back position. Most teams don't draft running backs early because you'll waste their good years on a bad team. B. John Robinson on the Falcons, really? The NFL needs to reward good running backs when they get older. I suggest the NFL should allow a team to increase their salary cap, let's say $5 million per year, if they have a running back on their roster with over 4,000 rushing yards and age 27 to 30 at the start of the season. They have to keep them on the roster for the season. If not, they lose the $5 million cap increase. This would allow a team to keep a productive player who many say is getting long in the tooth but is still a productive member of a team. I think all 32 teams would love this and would keep their talented players. Dalvin Cook would be a Viking, Leonard Fournette a Buck, Ezekiel Elliott a Cowboy, and teams would want to keep these players until they reach 31. That's my thought. Could this work? If so, I think Josh Jacobs would get that long-term deal. Your thoughts, Q, as always, just win, baby. Raiders. That's from New York Old School Raider. Thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. And the thing about it is, I don't know if that exact formula that you rolled out is the one that they need, but the NFL definitely needs something. Like the NBA has the bird rights, uh, you know, in, in their their contracts that they have those bird rights uh, for, any, for a, a player that's been on their team, a veteran that's been on their team for a while. I just don't know which way the NFL would go with it, right? The other problem is that the new CBA was just signed. So they're not going to have another CBA until like, what, 10 years from now? So if that's the case, right, then Josh Jacobs won't be in the league at that time, right? Guys like Saquon Barkley won't be in the league at that time. I mean, this, that's the problem is like they, they might at some point put some clause in, but they can't do anything until it's time for the new CBA, which is going to be for quite a while. So they've got to figure it out. Now, when you talk about some of the guys like Leonard Fournette, he's definitely, he's definitely, you know, worn out. He, he, he's, he's slowed down a ton, right? Dalvin Cook, he's slowed down, but he's still very productive. Zeke Elliott, slowed down, productive, but slowed down. You know, I mean, these guys are all older. They're, you know, 28 or older, where Josh Jacobs is only 25. I think he definitely can get a two- to three-year deal uh, with some nice guaranteed money and then realize when he gets to about 28, that's probably going to be the time where they start looking at, okay, he's a little long in the tooth, as you said, and, uh, you know, now now we've got to start looking in another direction. But thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a call from Nathan Glass. He's talking about Aiden O'Connell, and if he were to become the quarterback of the future, what he'd like the Raiders, what he'd like the Raiders to do for him. Here he is, Nathan Glass. Remember, he's a Steeler fan. How you doing, Q? Nate Glass here. Um, I just wanted to say something uh, to Raider Nation real quick, man. Uh, you know, you guys know that this is coming from a Steeler fan, man. And I'm just, I know you guys, you know, every team want to win, man. And, you know, every team goes through its ups and downs and things of that nature. But look, you guys drafted, you know, Aiden O'Connell in the fourth round. And I believe he's, you guys, quarterback of the future. My only hope and my only wish for the Raiders is that if it comes to where he does become the starter and you guys do give the um the team to him, build around him, man. You guys got a quarterback, you guys don't have to pay for, you know, three, four years. Build around the kid. Get the kid a defense. He has a fifteen hundred yard running back. He has arguably still one of the top five wide receivers in the game. And I I look at it kind of like my 2005 Steelers all the way around. We had a we we also had a young quarterback that we uh, we gave the ropes to. We had a young tight end that year, rookie Heath Miller, 
who who uh reminds me a lot of um of Michael Mayer a whole lot. All is his whole game. But what Ben didn't have is Ben didn't have a Devontae Adams. I mean he had a Heinz Ward, but he didn't have a Devontae Adams and you know, we didn't have a a fourteen fifteenth uh fourteen fifteenth sack guy like uh Max Crosby on the defensive end. You know what I'm saying? We didn't have that. We had uh some fourth round guys. We had one um first round talent in uh Casey Hampton, but you know, we were just we were just a we were just a team full of guys that just that just love to play football and just knew how to play football and that and, and, and that's what I'm hoping the Raiders build. You know, just build some guys, some monsters that just love the game, passionate about the game. And I, I really believe the future is gonna be bright for you guys. Uh, during this um, time when Aiden O'Connell is becoming a uh, a franchise quarterback for you guys. So I know the word patient should not come out of my mouth, but the future's bright, man. Honestly, the future's bright. Just uh, hang in there a little while longer, and uh, uh, you'll see basically the hard work's going to pay off for you guys. All right, Q, talk to you soon. Nate, thanks so much for the call. I appreciate you. And- that's the thing about it. If they identify Aiden O'Connell as the quarterback of the future, I hope they can identify him early, right? Because as you mentioned, he's on a cheap deal. He's on a rookie deal. So it's a four-year deal. So I hope that they identify that early, like within a year or so, so they can build around him, like you said, while he's still on the rookie deal, as opposed to having to give him a second contract and then you know, try to build around him too because then all of a sudden that's, that's really difficult to do. So hopefully within, you know, say a year, they're able to identify like, okay, this guy is going to be the quarterback of the future. Or on the flip side of that, identify as, no, he won't be, and we got to go back to the drawing board and get it done, right? I mean, that's the thing about it. They've got to be able to find a guy, as you mentioned, that is the biggest key, hit on a guy that is on a rookie deal so they could build the team, the defense, and the weapons around him and have them at their disposal. Right. And still have that rookie quarterback deal. And then when it's time to re up him, then, you know, kind of break down what the rest of the roster looks like and where you need to go. But yeah, having a quarterback on a rookie deal gives the Raiders the best chance. Is it going to be Aiden O'Connell? Well, we'll find out. Is it going to be someone else? We'll find out at that point as well. So there's that. But thank you so much for that. Uh, thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Uh, next up, got a text from uh, Raider Ruben from Colton, California. It said, hey, Q, it's Raider Ruben from Colton, Cali. Love listening to you. Just wanted to say the Raider Nation holds a special place in my heart. The last 10 years, I've had two strokes in a wheelchair, dialysis, five surgeries, a kidney, pancreatitis transplant. I walk now, no health issues. Thank God. I know it. it's irrelevant, but watching my Raiders was uplifting. Win, lose, or tie. Raiders till I die. Raiders 100. Raiders 100. Raiders. Stay strong. Raider Nation for life. Raiders 100. That's from Raider Ruben from Colton. In California, you want to talk about a testimony, and that's the beautiful thing about sports, right? Even if they stress us out, even if the you know a team, your team loses and gets you upset, or maybe you don't have a dog in a fight, but you're watching sports. A lot of times, it could take you, it take your mind off of whatever the, is going on in your personal life. And Raider Rubin clearly had a ton going on in his personal life, and was still able to block all that out and enjoy you know Raiders football, and that helped him get through that. And that's a lot right there. So I guess that's a great testimony when you think you have it bad. Think about what Raider Rubin went through, and he went through it as like a champ. 
and now is doing a really good job walking and, and feeling good about himself. So thank you so much for sharing that, Raider Ruben. We do appreciate you. Got time for one more. How about a call from Jordan in Oregon? He's called to talk about the Raiders' season after taking some time to reflect on it and really doesn't think the season was as bad as it looks, even with that 6-11 and record. Here he is, Jordan in Oregon. Hey, what's going on, Q? Jordan in Oregon. Uh, first off, I want to give a shout-out to your caller. I believe it was Mark, I want to say, that said, like, what if it all kind of panned out with Jimmy? This is a great call. Uh, I'm very optimistic way of looking at things, and and I like your response too, Q. I just wanted to say that that really got me thinking, and just in general, here we are, six months removed from you know pretty much our last uh, games, football games we were able to watch, um, and so you know it, it gets you thinking, Q. You know, you get this far away from what what the Raiders were last year that you kind of forget, you know, and you, for me, I've had some time off. So I've been able to go back and look. And it's like, I like to do this every year because you tend to, to, there's so many different, uh, Oh, I guess, predictions and estimations of what this team is that you kind of get blinded and, and you forget what this team was. And, and I thought it was great. Um, the call that you had. And then um, just to piggyback on that a little bit is, this team wasn't that far away, honestly, Q, and, and to your listeners. Um, it's like there was, you know, we all know we could point at least three games that were literally like a, a fluke play away from a dub. And so, I mean, not to say that, that we should have had them, but if you just took like, oh, all the close games they had and just gave the, the Raiders half of those, we, we would have been more like a, a 500 team, like a 9-8. and eight. And so – you know, this team, well, the reason I say that is, Q, you had a, uh, a guy you had on your show a couple of years ago that kind of predicted the Raiders to have an off season last year because he goes, they won so many close games in 21, that's not going to happen in 22. You kind of just like mathematically looking at it like, oh, if you roll the dice, it, don't, it only goes that way so many times. And he, he was right, man. Like the Raiders, when you have a, a season that the ball flips your way like a 2016 year, or a 2021 year, usually the following season doesn't shake out to be what it was. And so just to piggyback on the optimism, um, I think the Raiders actually were better than, than the record showed last year. And so let's say we had a season where just half the balls were to bounce our way and our defense were to make a slight jump. Like I'm not pounding the table for a top 10, not even a top 15 defense, but let's say you know, this defense can come up with 40 sacks and becomes like a, a top, oh, 20 defense. Let's just – this team might make a pretty significant jump, especially if they stay true to what was successful for them last year, which was pounding the rock. Um, I think this this team actually – I don't expect – I'm not talking playoffs, but I would not be surprised if they're just looked at as like a bully that's like a 500 team that's going to come in and times that you think they're going to get smoked, they, they – beat somebody up it's reminding me of that uh jason campbell team peace out bro jordan thanks so much for the call appreciate you and yeah i mean there was a ton of things that went right for the raiders in 2021 that's how they ended up into the playoffs which credit to them they ended up in the playoffs and then they went wrong in 2022 and as you mentioned you know i had guests on the show that said the chances of that happening again aren't good i mean it's just it's just a numbers game right it becomes a numbers game so it could start to lean back in the raiders favor in 2023 you can't bank on it but at the same time if you get into a bunch of close games a lot of chances you're going to probably win some of those at least half of them like you mentioned right you're not going to lose as many you're not going to win as many as you did uh, the previous years that's something i actually learned i learned the numbers game when i was selling kirby's uh a matter of fact our goal every day was to 
to show three of them. If I showed three Kirby's in a day, it was just about guaranteed. The numbers tell you that you're going to sell one out of three, which is crazy. It's a two thousand dollar vacuum, but if you sell, if you show it off three times, if you do a demonstration in someone's house three times, you'll sell one of them, right? So that's all my goal was every single day was to knock myself into three houses and show that off so I can at least sell one. So it's just it's, it goes back to what you're talking about. It's a numbers game, right? If they're in those games, like they were in those games in 2022. More chances than not, they're going to win a few of those as opposed to lose them all. So uh, that could be a difference in a 6-11 and 11 season and a 9-8 and eight season, like you mentioned. So that's, that's, there's no doubt about that. They just got to go out there and do it. And obviously, Josh Medeiros, as the head coach, has got to learn from the mistakes he made in the close games that they lost and figure out how to not put the Raiders in that same position to lose them in 2023. Jordan, thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. And that's going to do it for today's show. Coming up tomorrow, we got a text from Mark. Marks on the Raiders. Text from Mark. This Mark on Marks. That's what he said. His words, not mine. <laughs> and then also got a call from Raider Beck. We'll get to those plus a whole lot more. Uh, any of the sound from some of the Raiders assistants that are going to talk today at the International Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. If those are, are really good, some good sound quality sound bites come from that. I'll bring it to the table as well. And then, of course, we'll have some more conversation as we do each and every day here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. So until tomorrow, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, Just win, baby.